You're listening to Fearless Talk, culture-shaping conversations that lead to radical change. I'm your host, Esther Marie, and today on the podcast, I'm so pumped to have my friend Lisa Maricini sharing with us on the fear of disappointment. Come on, this girl, you know she is gold. She's no stranger to the podcast, and I know you're going to love the stories that she has to share. I am here with Lisa Maricini. And many of you guys have heard her podcast um, on the adventure of singleness, which is one of the most listened to episodes that we've ever done. It's so cool seeing just how many people have resonated with her story and just um, just the wisdom that she has to share on that topic, but so many other topics as well. Um, and so today I've asked her to share on the fear of disappointment. Um, and I feel like I've watched you handle disappointment in such a really graceful way, although I'm sure like maybe on the inside, you know, you were cringing or, um, you know, I'm sure that it's always a wrestle. Like no one just is handed like a bad set of cards or like, you know, goes through something difficult and is just like jumping for joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get that. But, um, but I think that like your attitude walking through seasons of disappointment or moments of disappointment have really encouraged me. Um, so yeah, I'd love for us to just kind of talk about some of those maybe key disappointments in your life that really rocked you and maybe, you know, rocked your hope in that season. Cause that's what I feel like hope is often the centerpiece of, you know, when disappointment comes, it kind of throws our hope, you know, mm-hmm. aside and, and it's difficult to kind of rise up again and dream again. Yeah. I think life is really full of lots of disappointments and it's based on expectations (laughs) and I think like the more you grow and Mm -hmm. understand what expectations are coming into something with you Mm -hmm. and um where you're hoping things land yeah (laughs) like the easier it gets because you're aware of the expectations but at the same time it's still hard too yeah um I don't know it could be anything even just daily too but I know like for me, one of like the big disappointments, I think when you think of like life defining moments and picking a college to go to, especially mm-hmm. and like really wanting to know God's will with that and yeah. where he's leading you and um, making sure you don't choose the wrong thing. Although yeah. I don't believe you can necessarily choose a bad yeah. thing when you're seeking God. Yeah. But um, I know for me, it happened twice with undergrad and with my master's program where I wasn't accepted right away Mm. um and so that's a huge disappointment when you get that basically rejection letter or notice (laughs) yeah when you think well I'm gonna get in or I'm gonna easily get in or I've done all this to make sure I get in Mm. and then you don't um yeah the first time I was put on a wait list but actually there's like a huge backstory mm. where I felt like God was leading me to this one college mm. so much so that out of faith, I shouldn't apply anywhere else. Wow. <laughs> so it was this or nothing, or he would show me something else basically right. like, um, uh, do a gap year or something mm-hmm. else and just serve him in a different way. And so when I was put on the wait list, I was even forced like more so to come to grips with did I really hear God? Right. Um, what was this other thing maybe that he's preparing for me instead of going to college mm-hmm. right away? Um, is I mean, if, questioning even if I was going to the right place. Wow. Uh, so I remember that week I was in high school. I was a senior. <laughs> and um, 
I'm like in my devotions, God had asked me to like practice a different fruit of the spirit every day. Oh, wow. So, (laughs) and that's challenging on its own, but I think when you come up with like little ways to Mm -hmm. practice patience or kindness, like there's, you can think of things, you know, Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And I remember like maybe midway through the week, um, it was joy. Mm. And so I, I don't remember, it must've been a day or two before that I had gotten that wait list notification, Mm. but basically I was like, coming to grips with practicing joy when mm. I felt devastated. Oh, wow. So you were already, like, doing that. Before yeah, even, oh. before, yeah, before I even heard back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Amazing. I remember, I still remember we had that old answering machine at oh, our house. That's gosh. how they notified me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I have that anymore. My parents no. still have those. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so wow. I was, I just did it to the best of my ability at yeah. school that day. And then... um I came home and it was another, I think it was an either, we didn't, I guess we had email, but they notified you by phone. I'm pretty sure mm. this was in 2004, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, wow. dating myself, yeah. but, um, <laughs> he had called back and said they had overlooked something. Um, maybe it was some score or something on one of my tests okay. and that I was, I was in wow. basically. That's incredible. <laughs> so then it was easy to practice joy. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So I think wow. just going through that really um, mm-hmm. solidified that God was showing me that I was on the right track. And, yeah. you know, like kind of like a test of faith too. Like, yeah. are you going to listen, continue to listen and mm-hmm. hear my voice um, mm-hmm. in a real way? Or are you going to try yeah. and figure out an alternative plan B on your yeah. own and That's not allow true. me to do that? That's true. Yeah. So that was really laid the foundation for my life moving forward. Just wow. learning to hear God more. Right. And then again, with grad school, I um, had found one program that I really felt like Mm -hmm. God was leading me to very specifically, Mm -hmm. and I thought it would be easy, and I'd get in right away, and I would go, but I got rejected, and um, Mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'll just apply again next year, Um, do what I can to make it better, and I got rejected again the second time. Oh my gosh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So I... I didn't apply right away again like I had before, mm-hmm. but I just felt like it was more God showing me an indication of his timing mm-hmm. rather than his will necessarily right. so that That's I was supposed good. to stay put because I wasn't, I was desperately trying to move on to what was mm-hmm. next, but um, I wasn't receiving any open doors. Mm-hmm. I was putting so many things out there. Right. Um, so it was more for me to know that I was supposed to stay put where I was, which right. at the time was living in another state and serving at a church. Um, mm-hmm. I was on staff there. Yeah. So I was like ready to do that for a little bit longer than anticipated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then when I, I did a few things to get ready to apply again, like a year or so later and not right away. And then I got in the third time <laughs> and wow. then God, I mean, even then it was taking a step of faith and wow. So you applied three times. Yeah. Three times. That's amazing. To the same <laughs> same program. program. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So like each time you got let down in a sense, you still rose up with this conviction that no, this is where, where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be. That's mm-hmm. really amazing to me. And I think that that's even really powerful to even realize okay like you could have taken that as like a sign like okay this isn't where I'm supposed to be and like even over analyze that to the point where you know you allowed the discouragement to steal your dream to rob you of the hope and rob you of that vision that you had for your life but I'm sure like by the fact that you're like no this isn't 
the final word. This mm-hmm. isn't like the last, you know, is how the story is going to end. And you went back and you just continued to have the conversation with the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. he continued to confirm, give you peace yeah. and confirm it. And that's really powerful, you know, like for you to be able to like lose something twice, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I'm sure this can apply in so many other oh, areas yeah. of life. And when you, you lose the hope multiple times, mm-hmm. but keep going back to know I know God gave me this dream. I know God gave me this desire. And I'm thinking right now, like, for whatever reason, I'm thinking, like, someone who's desiring to, like, get pregnant right now. And I'm feeling like maybe you've had a miscarriage or maybe, like, you've had, you know, moments where you thought you could have been pregnant or, you know, whatever. And it's just continual, like, disappointment and letdown. And now, because of the multiple letdowns and disappointments, now you're bracing yourself for disappointment. And that's why I really think the fear of disappointment creates that that tension in you now where, it, where it's now it's anxiety, mm-hmm. you know, and you're now expecting to be disappointed. So you're no longer putting your hope out there. But I love that you didn't allow that to like harbor in your heart and in your mind, but you actually continue to say no. I will have faith mm-hmm. for what God has for me, and I will continue to knock on this door and to trust God. And then if the if this isn't the right thing, he'll continue to redirect my steps. But because yeah. you follow that conviction, it led you to like the promise that mm-hmm. God had for you. It was definitely a process. I'm yeah. sharing the shortest version, but I think you wrestle with so many things that yeah. God just really refines you That's throughout true. that time. Just knowing, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm really not doing a whole lot different. So I know that I'm not getting in on this on my own. Mm -hmm. God has to make a way because I've done everything I can to the best of my ability, whether it was improving my test scores or getting another recommendation letter. So now God, it's definitely in your hands because I can't do anything else. I (laughs) love that, that, that zone, that faith zone is so powerful. I'm in that zone right now where I'm like, honestly, I know I have done everything mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to do in this transition season of to position myself. Yeah. And now I know it's just like, God, this is all on you to do what only you can do. Mm-hmm. And I'm so excited for that. There's no striving in that. There's no worry or like even being afraid of being disappointed because I so know God is who he says he is. And he says in his word that no, none of his promises are empty of power mm-hmm. and that he sends his for his word forth and it will accomplish yeah. what he's desired. And so when you're so anchored in that truth and in the word of God, knowing that his word will come to pass in your life, like that gets you excited. Yeah. The emotional response to like the potential uncertain future your emotional response is excitement. It's not like fear or like worry or anxiety when you are totally anchored in, mm-hmm. in his promises. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, side note here. It is, we had a little sleepover last <laughs> night at Lisa's house. This is our coffee morning voice. Yeah. <laughs> if you hadn't caught on by so far. Coffee chats. This is coffee chats. <laughs> we got our coffee. I made a French press. <laughs> Lisa had a cold brew with her special crunchy ice (laughs) from Chick-fil-A. Yeah. (laughs) Not from Chick-fil-A. She gets it imported. Yeah. (laughs) But I love it because usually these podcasts are like really high intense energy. It's literally (laughs) eight in the morning and we're like just really just waking up to the day. (laughs) But I I feel like the thoughts are deep. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The wisdom is there. I love that. So, um. 
okay, well, that was really powerful representation of, or example of, you know, a moment in your life where, you know, your hope was deferred. I read that this morning is like, um, hope deferred makes the heart mm-hmm. sick, but a longing fulfilled, mm-hmm. um, full, like, like a spring of life is right? a spring of life. Yes. Thank you for, fa- I was like, <laughs> where I forget how it ends, but yes, a longing fulfilled is, a, is a, brings a spring of life. And, um, I think that what I'm even learning in this season, um, is that, yeah, sometimes there are redirections mm-hmm. in, in the hope that we have. And um, that God can even redirect our desires and retrain mm-hmm. our desires. And that's something that I've been really just prayerful about in these last couple months of um, just putting myself on the altar and saying, God, show me your desires for me because I want my desires to mirror that. Yeah. Like, I literally want to crave it. I'm not, not that we're like this puppet that God wants to like change and like, you know, control us, but he wants us to desire the eternal things. He wants us to desire the, the most satisfying things because he knows who we were created to be and what will satisfy us the most. And so, um, so yeah, is there, is there like a moment in your life that, you know, you desired something and then were disappointed and then continued on the journey for that to be redirected in a different way? Yeah, I think a lot of things especially the small things mm-hmm. um but i know um just like for an a bigger example i i mean god has always placed um like global missions and um like reaching the nations and that call from yeah. the great commission on my heart yeah. and it's manifested in a lot of different ways mm-hmm. but um in particular he'll place certain countries on my uh, heart um yeah. and so one of them was india Mm-hmm. Um, for the longest time, and I love the work that um, Angel House does there, yes, uh, gathering the so orphans good. and providing a home, mm-hmm. and I always thought, oh, I think maybe God wants me to do a trip with them, because yeah. um, that's all in India, and there's so many opportunities, usually once a year or so, to go and partner mm-hmm. with them and serve and, and help them open another orphanage, mm-hmm. so I tried a few different times to do it, just with scheduling and mm-hmm. whatnot, and every time it didn't work out and I I didn't really think too much of it but that um desire to go to India and to serve there in some capacity was still on my heart um and and it was amazing how God eventually did open the door to go to India and spend um a longer amount of time there than I would have originally and just I think because God had put that country on my heart it was um more on my radar so when it did come up Mm -hmm. it's like oh yeah I think I'm called there for something I just don't know what I know I remember (laughs) I remember you kind of like beginning to like talk about that like how India was on your heart but you didn't know like how what that was gonna look like but it was just like this like impression you were having and that was before you met David Mm -hmm. that was before like and that was in a season where I feel like your hope felt like it was being deferred yeah in every way yeah Yeah. just every dream but was yet, kind of falling apart. <laughs> yeah, but yet here is India on your heart, and you're like, what do I do with this? Yeah. Like, why India of all places? Why now? Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's yeah. crazy. But then shortly after that, you had an incredible opportunity yeah, to go. to spend five weeks there and yeah. um, not only serve in, in a ministry capacity, but really do more with my mm-hmm. research and other yeah. work as well. So it, it became... 
um, more than I could have ever anticipated yeah. <laughs> when thinking about going to India. Okay. And also it brought me together with um, the man that would be my husband, too. So oh I God. never thought that could happen <laughs> <laughs> through oh a love yeah. for India. Slumdog <laughs> millionaire romance. I love yeah. it. <laughs> Just kidding. He's not Indian. No, he's fine. But, <laughs> but he does but, a good accent. Yeah, I bet he does. <laughs> I love David. I don't know he does a good accent. I, I can do to one, too. Him. We need to do it oh together. My I love doing Indian <laughs> accents. I feel like I'm a doctor. <laughs> an old man doctor <laughs> yeah we need to have a conversation oh my gosh we need to do that next time I see him <laughs> my favorite accent to do um wow that's incredible okay and I would love actually I feel like last time um on your podcast we didn't have time for you to dive into your passion for micro enterprise and mm-hmm. social justice and all of that but um you know I feel like so much of your journey, even rediscovering new dreams, even with yeah. like finding hope again in different seasons and and navigating your disappointments mm-hmm. have I feel like they've redefined your passion mm-hmm. and helped really launch you into you know even the season right now where you're working on your dissertation mm-hmm. and you, you are someone I look at and I'm like, you have invested so much into your future in a lot of quiet ways. And a lot of really, um, like, high-sacrifice ways Mm -hmm. that are going to give you gigantic returns for the long run. But maybe in, like, this season right now, it feels like it's, like, not giving you as much of a return because of how much time you have to invest into that. And that's really encouraged me. And, you know, when I went back to school and... You know, I had to I had to crunch together four years of college into two years of mm-hmm. college and really, you know, put my head down and put some of my passions aside so that I could accomplish that. Um, but I would love for you to share with people about kind of that journey of how you found yourself in this um, season now where you're pursuing social enterprise and, and yeah, kind of mm-hmm. that whole passion out there because I think it's so incredible. Yeah, thanks for saying that too because yeah. that's encouraging yeah. to me. Um, one of the books I've read that really helped me through this season is um, called Anonymous, Jesus yes. Hidden Years and Yours. Yes. Oh, and I Marcy, think... good morning. <laughs> We're recording a podcast. Oh, oh no, you're great. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, Marcy. She's a bodybuilder. Watch her. Watch out for her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. so I think um, I would totally recommend that book for anyone that's going through a similar season where things um, don't feel like they're aligning necessarily, Mm -hmm. but you're really doing it quietly and behind the scenes and being faithful to where God has you in this moment. It's good. Um, But yeah, it's been a neat journey to see it all come together. Just um, things that I didn't even know existed and maybe didn't exist until like 10 years ago. So it's kind of a new area as well and I think mm-hmm. I remember Lisa Bevere once said um, and it really stuck with me um, that a lot of times young people don't know what they're called to do because it doesn't exist yet that's so powerful yeah and I think being open to where God's mm-hmm. leading and what that looks like mm-hmm. um, and and you may be going into something that no one's ever done before because wow. it's a new industry or just a new area or wow. um, things that technologically wouldn't have been able that to That literally takes so much faith and like doing the journey with God and trusting God in the anonymous seasons yeah. and like the unknown seasons be- 
because it's so much easier to look at someone who's done something yeah. and then like try to mirror that. And or, that's a lot of the advice that's given, yeah. especially when you're younger. I mm-hmm. remember someone, um, like a mentor, would always tell me, just because I, I knew what I had in mind, but I didn't know what it would look like. And yeah. he would always say, well, go find someone that's doing it and yeah. just, just you know, sit under that. Which and that's good advice. Yeah, yeah. There's val- that's yeah. valuable. But at the same time, knowing that, there isn't really someone out there doing exactly what yeah. I want to do yet. Right. In the way that <laughs> yeah, you want to do way it. That I the wanna do. Yeah. You wanna do it. And yeah, I'm sure that's true for a lot of people. <laughs> Cupcake. <laughs> we have a dog. There's just a lot going on here. <laughs> There's lots of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> oh, so yeah, seeing I think God bring together all of the desires and mm-hmm. the passions that he placed in my heart has been the biggest gift the last decade yeah. or so. Um, yeah. And just being open to focusing on different parts of what I've um, enjoyed throughout yeah. the last years, whether that's working a few years in retail, because right. I've always loved that fashion in- yeah, industry side, um, and not really seeing how it could connect to the future, but then actually yeah. seeing it loop around to what I do with my research. Yeah. and. Um, and just hoping to change the fashion industry Mm -hmm. in some way. Mm -hmm. I had no idea any of that would play a role later on Mm -hmm. in my life. So it's a neat time to see it all come together. Um, And under the umbrella of what social enterprise is and Mm -hmm. bringing together people from opposite sides of the world and connecting them through a product or something they can tangibly hold that um, connects them in a way that yeah. they wouldn't have been ever connected before. That's true. So I love that deeper meaning behind mm-hmm. impacting just one person along the way and, and what that looks like and bringing people along mm-hmm. to be able to do the same with um, how they buy something or, right. or or what they choose to volunteer their time with. Yeah. That's so powerful. And explain maybe a little bit further about what social enterprise is and specifically your work with women mm-hmm. in, you know, maybe more of the developing countries and even like your, um, actually, Lisa is a published author. Um, she has, <laughs> yeah. a, is it a chapter? Yeah, it's a is chapter. It a chapter in this book. Um, you can get it on Amazon or Barnes yeah, & Nobles. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. maybe unpack that a little bit for people. It's so yeah. powerful. Yeah, so... Um, when you think about social enterprise, you might have a lot of things that come to mind, and there's so many different ways to really define it. Yeah. But the working definition really is bringing people together um, in ways they haven't been able to connect before, but oh, wow. for yeah. a common good. So mm-hmm. um, it's the more people-driven aspect mm-hmm. of what a business could be. And sometimes a social enterprise is a nonprofit and sometimes it's for profit. Yeah. And depending on the industry, it'll look different ways. Um, but in, in my line of work and research, um, the one that really paved the way is Tom's. So when you think mm-hmm. about the buy one, give one model and right. how it didn't exist before that right. really, and how it's really evolved into a more holistic, mm-hmm. like even from the, the supply chain mm-hmm. um, down to the consumer who's purchasing right. it making sure that there's a fair trade mm-hmm. um, foundation to that right. and making sure people are respected in every step of the way right. and um, just ensuring that that everyone's taken care of in some right. capacity. So uh, the work that I do goes a little bit deeper than that even, mm-hmm. and we, like the goal with um, the social enterprise part is really empowering 
people to provide for themselves so that mm-hmm. um, eventually they'll be with us mm-hmm. for whatever, how many years, and they'll receive that training so that they can become self, fully self-sustainable right. so that they can create their own business mm-hmm. or um, way to provide an income yeah. um, in a way that's meaningful and makes sense for them in the long mm-hmm. term. So we give them those real tools to do that awesome. while still making sure they're provided for in that moment. So, So, yeah, so my heart's really for women. So Mm -hmm. it really focuses on women, especially in developing nations uh, where they don't always have the same access to Mm -hmm. work as men do. um, Mm -hmm. And then just trying to change that cultural norm a little bit to bring them into that place where they can provide for their families. Because there's been so much research um, with the United Nations and other great, huge international organizations that show that when you really invest in women, it goes back directly into the community um, a lot more than when men have that money in their hands because mm. a lot of times they'll be out of their families and not always investing it right back into them. Wow. So showing that through my research has been really fun. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's I'm still unpacking it a little bit, and my goal is really to show the nuances of it and how we really need each other as well not just one gender or the other right oh my gosh that's so awesome (laughs) I love that because by valuing women you're valuing everyone because I mean every gender comes from a woman like you know and and I think that it's so powerful just to um to create that that mindset like what you're doing is you're creating opportunity for women to break free from old mindsets Mm -hmm. from even men to break free from mindsets that have limited women Mm -hmm. um or limited women limiting themselves you know and um begin to dream again Mm -hmm. so that's really awesome is there like a specific country that's on your heart right now or well the work I'm doing is in Uganda Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know you went there recently. Yeah. So that's what my research is based on, a specific group of women there. Okay. But, yeah, women anywhere (laughs) are a big part of what I do. So powerful. Yeah, I'd love to do more in other countries eventually. Right. So after your dissertation is done, which is Mm -hmm. hopefully by this May. Yes. What is your desire or your dream for the next, like, maybe five years and stepping into that full, full force? Yeah, I really want to teach uh, undergraduate students. Um, There's so many new areas I'm discovering. I think um, even on college campuses, new programs, there's a lot of social entrepreneurship programs that Mm -hmm. didn't exist when I was a college student. Right. And even just in the creative and art industry Mm -hmm. as well and what that looks like for making a social impact. Right. So something that connects all those things, I'd love to teach it more and and show students um, what they can do with their education and just dream bigger. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, I love that. And even just like going back to the fear of disappointment, I'm thinking like, how many people listening may have tried to pursue a dream, pursue a passion, and then felt like a failure or felt mm-hmm. like they hit a dead end or felt like it wasn't working out and, you know, feeling like that internal tension of what am I supposed to do with my life or I feel like this this vision or this something inside of me that, you know, is, is um, you know, they feel passionate but they don't know how to apply it or they feel like maybe you know, stuck in a season, Mm -hmm. but I love that 
kind of like what you're saying here is that first of all whatever you're feeling could potentially be Mm -hmm. for something that doesn't exist yet and that those dead ends aren't really dead end that's like it's a roadblock it's a hurdle for you to really dig deep and jump over that and and find like go deep in your relationship with God go deep in asking him who did you create me to be and um and really I think you can use disappointment to fuel mm-hmm. your passion for the next thing mm-hmm. that God wants to actually take that and turn it around and energize a new dream for you and um and I love that kind of like what you're saying is that you're you want to help young people connect the dots of of those passions yeah. and yeah I love that that's so awesome yeah I think even just my own life, I see that God really solidified and confirmed that I was heading the right direction through disappointment. Wow. Because um, it forces you to really stop and pause mm-hmm. <laughs> and just examine your own motives and where your heart's at and yeah. all of those things. So yeah. it's just a refining process. Yeah. Um, just becoming more like Jesus that yeah. you have to put into practice. Right. Um, a lot wow. of things through That's disappointment. Actually, yeah. Wow, I didn't even think of that. That is really powerful. And I've gone through quite a bit of disappointments in the past yeah. six months. You know, we've talked about um, even just like some relationships, you know, that have disappointed me. Um, and just like the season of transition for me that I've just felt really like I've been waiting on God, you mm-hmm. know, or or stepping out to pursue certain things and it just being like a closed door totally. Yeah. But you're right. I do see now like disappointment has been such an opportunity for me to wait and be still. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Lisa, like who God has like transformed my heart to become in this process, I literally feel like a different person mm. because of the opportunity of disappointment. Now that I realize it, like ripping myself away from California, bringing myself to a place where I like literally didn't want to be, but I knew that's where God wanted me to be yeah. and have, you know, felt like it was like this waiting room or like this surgery room almost where he's like performing surgery on my heart and so much disappointment in the midst of that. But he was building my confidence. He was ripping away lies. He was ripping out fears yeah. and anxiety and reinstilling his voice and just loving on me in that season of disappointment. Mm-hmm. And so you're right. Wow. Like disappointment literally can be just this wild opportunity for you to get away with God mm-hmm. and for him to speak to you there. Um, so be on guard with the fear of disappointment because Mm -hmm. bracing yourself for something that hasn't happened yet is not healthy, but don't be afraid of disappointment happening because it literally, God will use it. He will use it to empower you and to love on you. Yeah. Nothing is wasted. Yes. You have a message on that. (laughs) Yeah. I've listened to that. Yeah. Is, Is that on YouTube? Um, yeah, I think so. I or Vimeo. You, yeah. I remember you posting it. We'll have to find it again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Lisa did a message on nothing is wasted in that season. Yeah. You right in the at, middle. At, um, at church, what's the Angelus name of the Temple. Ange- at, the Dream Center. <laughs> yes. Lisa did a message on at Angelus Temple at the Dream Center in LA in the middle of that season that she was, you know, wrestling with. And how incredible. I love that literally God doesn't need you you know, in like delivered from yeah, whatever you're going through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to use you or to speak through you. Mm-hmm. He wants to use you now in the middle of that tension because gosh, like 
that is the faith zone. Yeah. You're not relying on anything else. Like, you're at the end of yourself, mm-hmm. and that is the faith zone. Yeah. So, I love that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, I, I like to ask a question, a <laughs> random question at the end of every podcast. Okay. okay. <laughs> what is the most spontaneous thing that you've ever done? Ever? Yes, <laughs> ever. Oh, man. I love being spontaneous. Yes. I feel like it gives me life. Yes. <laughs> well, the more recent one is um, Marcy and I. She's my sister. Yes. We went to London. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in um, August this last year. Yes, and it, that was we spontaneous. We bought a ticket within maybe two weeks of leaving. Yes. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. we just found a great flight deal. Wow. And we did a sister trip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, figured it out so and planned cool. it all within wow. a few weeks. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I need to do yeah. that. You just keep an eye on flights. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. true. I kind of feel like this trip, well, it was sort of planned, but yeah, yeah I just kind of looked up flights and I was like, oh my gosh, these are so cheap. But yeah. I knew I wanted to come here, so yeah. it wasn't that spontaneous. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. I love that. Well, keep... <laughs> Keep being spontaneous, people. Yeah. All right. Thank y'all for listening. Well, I hope that encouraged you. Lisa is such a powerful example of what it looks like to live a life full of hope and always expecting the good things, even in seasons of disappointment. I hope you enjoyed our little morning coffee talks and we're feeling encouraged in this conversation. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, leave a comment and share with us what you're learning and and share it on social media. We love seeing where you're listening to it and what's going on in your lives. Thanks so much for listening.